This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Um, at any moment now, we will be headed to the London Police Press Conference, uh, where the police will comment publicly for the first time about the case involving five hockey players charged with sexual assault in a 2018 incident uh, in a hotel room in London after Hockey Canada celebration of the World Junior Team. Uh, we expect to hear from a couple of people specifically. Uh, London Chief uh, Tai Truong, also Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan of the London Police Service Sexual Assault and Child Abuse Unit. When they are ready... We will throw to them at once. And again, uh, a warning. Um, th- this following story details, and we don't know which details are going to be revealed here, but the story is all about sexual assault. And this may be distressing for a lot of viewers and distressing for um, a lot of people that are listening right now. This involves allegations, again, of sexual assaults and many of you may find unsettling. Um, could be triggering for a number of people as well. We do urge caution uh, when listening or viewing. Uh, That is what is on the horizon here. Again, we don't know what the police will be able to share by way of details. Uh, Court proceedings this morning uh, were adjourned until April the 30th. So that means that uh, you know uh, we will not um, uh, hear of any charges they will not they were not read in court this morning and no pleas subsequent were entered as well now the players in question here are Dylan Dubé Cal Foote Carter Hart Alex Formanson and Michael McLeod now they did not appear in court today uh, their lawyers who represented them appeared by way of video conference uh, and as we mentioned no charges read in court. No pleas were uh, were entered. Uh, Assistant Crown Attorney Heather Donkers uh, saying today during the appearance that lawyers for each of these players will receive disclosure. Now, what that will involve is packages of what's being described as substantial evidence uh, that has been collected by the London police um, since they relaunched their investigation. Um, this will be either Monday or Tuesday uh, that lawyers receive these packages from London police. Uh, the context will be reviewed and discussed at that next hearing. Again, I'm trying to go over timelines here for you. Again, that has been adjourned until April the 30th. Also, uh, the judge is ordering, uh, ordering a publication ban on the case, which prohibits the publishing of any information that could lead to the identities of the alleged victim and two witnesses being made public. So the victim will not be identified, and there are two key witnesses in this as well. They will not be identified either. Uh, That from the judge this morning. Now, the players in question here, that is, again, Dubé, Foot, Hart, uh, Formanton and McLeod, oh, sorry, and so Dubé, Foot, Hart, and Formanton were all charged with one count of sexual assault last week. Michael McLeod was charged with two counts of sexual assault. Uh, all five of these players, as we know, surrendered to London Police Services separately uh, within the last week and a half and were released um, with charges being laid. Um, this comes, as we all know, after the London police uh, reopened their investigation 
uh, into the alleged incident of July 22nd, uh, 2022. The initial investigation launched in the summer of 2018, and that concluded in February of 2019. And as we all know, um, that wa- that concluded without any charges being laid. This second investigation uh, has, as we all know, led two charges being laid. Now, there are a couple of other reports, too, that we've talked about. Uh, One report from Hockey Canada uh, and also uh, another report from the NHL. Now, the one from Hockey Canada is under appeal. We'll get into that in a couple of seconds. Let's head now to the London Police Services press conference. Today, we will be providing an update in relation to an ongoing sexual assault investigation dating back to 2018. We ask that you please hold all of your questions until the end of the press conference. We have microphones set up at the left and the right side of the room. And at that time, we ask that you line up behind one of the microphones. Please provide your full name, the media outlet that you're with, as well as who your question is directed towards. You'll be provided the opportunity to ask one follow-up question if needed. If you have any additional questions to ask, We ask that you please fall in behind the line, and should time permit, you may have the opportunity to ask another question. We'll commence today's press conference with Chief Tai Trung of the Lenham Police Service. Chief. Thank you, Sandasha. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for coming. I'm here today to share with you the results of an investigative review ordered in July of 2022 by now retired Chief Steve Williams into a 2018 sexual assault investigation. I will refer to the individual at the center of this case as the victim in accordance with her wishes rather than using terms such as complainant or survivor. This case stems from an incident on the evening of June 18, 2018 in downtown London involving players of the Canadian junior hockey team who were in the city to attend a Hockey Canada event. After the event, the accused and several teammates met the victim at a downtown bar and later invited her to a hotel room where the sexual assault by the individuals now charged took place. The initial investigation conducted in June, conducted from June 2018 to February 2019, concluded without charges. As it was determined by investigators at that time that there were insufficient grounds to lay a charge. This decision led to the case being closed. A comprehensive review was initiated over three years later on July 20th, 2022. This review involved re-examining initial investigative steps, gathering additional evidence and obtaining new information. As a result, we have found sufficient grounds to charge five adult males with sexual assault. Those charged are as follows. Michael McLeod, age 26, of Mississauga, Ontario, two counts of sexual assault. Alexander Formington, 
age 24, of Barrie, Ontario, one count of sexual assault. Carter Hart, age 25, of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, one count of sexual assault. Callan Foote, age 25, of Denver, Colorado, one count of sexual assault. Dylan Dubay, age 25, of Calgary, Alberta, one count of sexual assault. These individuals have surrendered to the London Police Service and were released on undertakings with their first court appearance occurring this morning. This investigation has been a lengthy and complex process. I want to recognize and acknowledge the victim for her courage and her incredible strength throughout. I know there are questions regarding the initial investigation and the findings of the 2022 review. It is important to understand that as the Chief of Police, while I am committed to transparency and accountability, I must also ensure that I do not compromise the ongoing legal process. There is a place and there is a time for me to provide those answers, and that time is not now. Therefore, I cannot discuss details that are now part of the case before the courts. I assure you that I will provide more information once these legal proceedings allow. The presumption of innocence until proven guilty is a cornerstone of our justice system, and it applies to the five accused. But right now, our organization is focused on supporting the victim and upholding the integrity of the criminal trial process. Today's charges are a critical, critical step as we move forward. As Chief of the London Police Service, I assure you of our commitment to investigating all allegations of sexual violence with a trauma-informed and victim-centered approach. I have full confidence in our sexual assault and child abuse sec section, led by Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan, who will provide more details shortly. But before I introduce Detective Sergeant Dan, I want to extend on behalf of the London Police Service my sincerest apology to the victim, to her family, for the amount of time that it has taken to reach this point. As a police officer working in this space for many, many years, I can tell you that this is a difficult, difficult situation for all victims and survivors of sexual violence. I will now introduce Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan to provide further details of this investigation. Thank you, Chief. Good afternoon. I'm here to provide some background on this incident, but caution that I am limited in what I can share as this matter is now before the courts. 
On June 18, 2018, the accused in this matter were in London to celebrate their gold medal win with their teammates at a Hockey Canada event. When the event was over, members of the team continued the celebration and some attended Jack's, a bar in downtown London. This is where they met the victim. In the early morning hours of June 19, 2018, the victim attended the Delta London Armouries Hotel with one of the accused. The other four accused attended the same hotel and this is where the offense took place. Later that morning, our service received a phone call from an individual related to the victim in this matter seeking advice regarding a sexual assault. As a result of the information disclosed, the following day the report was assigned to the sexual assault and child abuse section, the caller was contacted for further information and the investigation commenced. The victim provided a statement to police within days of the initial report. In February of 2019, the investigation was concluded and no charges were laid. In July of 2022, our service elected to review the 2018 investigation and asked me to lead the review. Having been assigned to the sexual assault and child abuse section in September of 2020, I had not been involved in the original investigation and had no knowledge of it. Upon review of the occurrence, it was determined that there were additional steps that could be taken to advance the investigation. As a result, the investigation was reopened and a team of investigators were assigned. I would like to make it clear that the victim in this matter has fully participated in this investigation from the time it was initially reported to police until today. When the case was reopened in 2022, our team explored investigative opportunities in addition to the 2018 investigation. Those leads were followed, additional witnesses were spoken to, and we collected more evidence. I can confirm that some of this evidence was not available when the investigation concluded in 2019. This is one investigation, not two. The evidence that was collected in 2018 and 2019 was used in combination with newly gathered evidence to form reasonable and probable grounds to charge these five individuals with sexual assault. I understand it has taken a long time to reach this conclusion, and I thank the victim for her patience. Police services are obligated to follow required processes to gain access to certain evidence, and these processes can take many months. Police must take this time to ensure the investigation is thorough and to ensure that we have obtained all the evidence that is available to us. We would like to thank those who have cooperated with the investigation and also encourage anyone who may have information about this incident to contact the London Police Service. There may be witnesses who are at Jack's or the Delta London Armouries Hotel that same evening. If you have information related to this investigation, I urge you to contact our police service. We acknowledge that there is always room for improvement in the response to sexual violence. We know that most sexual assaults are not reported to the police. The London Police Service is committed to improving our response to sexual violence. We demonstrate this commitment by listening to our community partners who share their thoughts and input about our investigations. We research what other communities are doing to create new initiatives that improve our service to victims and survivors in London. We regularly review our internal procedure related to sexual offenses to ensure a consistent, trauma-informed and victim-centric approach. 
I understand that today's announcement may be upsetting or re-traumatizing for other victims and survivors of sexual assault. I encourage those impacted today to seek support from family, friends, or your local community support resources. I will now read a statement from Karen Bellamere, the legal representative for EM. It takes an incredible amount of courage for any survivor of sexual assault to report to the police and participate in the criminal justice system. That is certainly true for EM. Yet, she remains committed to see this process through. We simply ask that the media and others respect her privacy and her dignity as this matter proceeds through the court process. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Trump. And thank you, Detective Sergeant Dan. We'll now take questions. If you would just line up behind one of the two microphones on the left or the right side. And just a reminder, state your full name, the media outlet that you're with, as well as who the question is directed towards. You will be allotted one follow-up question if needed. And after that, we ask now that you please fall to the Now you're listening and watching the London back. Police Services commenting publicly for the first time on the case of the 2018 sexual assault incident at a hotel room in London involving five members of the Hockey Canada World Junior Team. Can you hear me, Chief? Yes, I can. My name is Rick Westhead. I work with TSN in Toronto. And my question is, did the London Police Review of this case in the summer of 2022 determined that the initial investigation met the standards of your department? I can tell you that, as I stated earlier today, that I can't speak about those intricate details from 2018 and what the review uh, brought forward, as it is one investigation, it's not two investigations, and. Everyone involved in the 2018 investigation are potentially witnesses to the current prosecution, including those individuals that have now taken over the investigation. Okay, quick follow. I spoke earlier today with um, an official with the London Abused Women's Centre, and I learned that every month they're receiving 60 new clients. And I was told that already before this case that the trust with the London police has been frayed and is fragile. And I wonder how you can go about trying to rebuild trust with victims, alleged victims out there who look at a case like this where it's taken almost six years to get to this point and wonder whether anything tangible will come of their complaint. It's a very good question, sir. And um, I will tell you that police services are constantly striving to do the best that they can do. Anybody in leadership is striving to make sure that those who depend on them, such as the community, such as the membership, are supported. This is no different. We as a police service are doing our best. We will continue to do our best to make sure that we become better and better every day. This is a widespread problem. Um, and when I say widespread problem, it's community trust and police. Leaders, organizations have to work very hard every day to build trust in the community. Community safety is a shared responsibility. It is not just the responsibility of the police. We know that, 
and we know we cannot make communities safe without our community partners, such as the ones we have in this city. And I can tell you a priority for me since I've arrived. Everybody in the organization knows this. Community trust, strengthening building community trust is a big priority for us. And we're going to work towards building the trust and repair, repairing some relationships that need further development. Thank you. Okay, we're going to move over to this side of the room. Go ahead. Uh, Robin Doolittle from the Globe and Mail, and this is for uh, Detective Dan. Uh, Mike McLeod is charged with being a party to a sexual offense. Can you describe why that charge was laid? Yeah, so the one charge he was laid with is in relation to his own actions. And the party to the offense charge is in relation to aiding someone else in committing the offense. So what is the behavior that would have involved aiding? I can't disclose any details about that because the case is before the courts. Okay. In, I'm sorry, one follow-up question if you would like to move just yep. to the end. I have a follow-up question now. Um, in your statement, you mentioned that some of the evidence in the initial investigation wasn't available. Do you mean available or uncovered at the time? Uh, I don't think I can answer that question. I'm sorry. I know this is going to be frustrating for everyone. Everyone wants answers, but I cannot compromise the investigation by providing specific details. Okay. Okay, we're going to move over to this side of the room. Thank you. For the chief, uh, Mark Douglas from City News. Chief, you're apologizing to the victim for the time it took to lay the charge. You're not apologizing for the course of the investigation, and you're saying this morning it's two investigations, not one. Did London police make a mistake in 2019 in not laying a charge? And can you explain to us specifically why or why not? So actually it's one investigation, not two. Um, and I'm apologizing to the victim and to her family because it's taken this long. This should not take this long. It shouldn't take years and years uh, for, for us you know, to arrive to the outcome of today. All victims of sexual violence in many forms, they should not have to wait this long. Thank you. Follow-up for uh, Detective Sergeant Dan, if I may, please. Detective Sergeant, could you, you, you obviously cannot reveal the specific details of the evidence of what happened in the hotel room. I'm wondering, can you describe the, the spirit, the mood in the room? Was this, uh, what was going on there? Was this a case of toxic masculinity just run amok? What, what was the situation there? I can't answer that question, I'm sorry. It's related to the evidence in the case. Okay, thank you. We'll move over to the left side of the room. Hi, question for the Chief. My name is Adrian Gobriel with CTV National News. Uh, Chief Sergeant Dan has said that some of the evidence wasn't collected back in 2018, um, that steps could have been taken. Why haven't London police handed over this investigation to another police force? And why do you believe the public should have any faith in London police to carry out this investigation? Well, I'll tell you that the investigation was reviewed in 2022. And because of that review, we are here today. There's absolutely no need to turn the investigation over to any police service. I have the utmost confidence 
in this team, in this organization, and Detective Sergeant Dan. I can tell you that the unit, the sexual assault and child abuse section that we have today, currently, are the most dedicated investigators, the most trained investigators, and the most compassionate investigators we have. And I am confident in the leadership of Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan. I'll have a question for Detective Sergeant Dan. In, in previous police filings, there is a belief that there was more than just these five individuals allegedly in the room. Are other players from the 2018 Hockey Canada team cooperating with your investigation? And do you believe that there could be charges of other individuals as a result of your investigation? Thank you for the question. Uh, we have laid charges for all the charges that we have reasonable grounds for. And we've had varying levels of participation in the investigation, uh, but I won't provide specifics about who cooperated and who didn't. Hi, Shauna Hunt with City News. So, I mean, would you consider this a failure? Was this woman failed by London police? The first investigation went nowhere. You said that she did cooperate the entire time. And I think Detective Dan, uh, Detective Dan at one point you said that it was came to light that other steps could have been taken. Was this a failure on behalf of London police? I can confirm with you that the victim in this case was fully cooperative from the start. And I will also tell you that, again, these questions, you are rightfully asking these questions. But for me to answer any of these details will truly compromise the ongoing prosecution. It is one investigation. So I appreciate that these are questions that you want to know and I think you deserve to know. But right now, I can't answer that. I will answer that at the appropriate time, though. Okay, just a quick follow-up. What is it that triggered a review of this case? Once it was closed, why in 2022 uh, was there a decision made to review it? Was it public pressure from the Hockey Canada civil suit? Was it new evidence that came to light? So I can tell you that uh, I was not the chief uh, at that time. Chief Steve Williams, now retired, was the chief, and he made the right decision to order a review. It's a, it was a decision that I fully support. Um, I have not spoken to him directly as to why he ordered it, um, but is, it is my understanding that information came to light as a result of the community and Part of what we do is listen to the community. <clears throat> and we'll move over to the side over here. Hi, question for the detective sergeant. Um, Jamie Strashen with, uh, with CBC. Detective sergeant, as a fresh set of eyes brought in to review this, what went wrong with that initial investigation? And can you outline some of the additional steps that you alluded to that should have been taken? Again, as the Chief already mentioned, this is one investigation. We cannot provide details about the 2018 investigation because it may compromise our case that's currently before the courts. Question for the Chief. 
Chief, obviously the London police have faced uh, a lot of criticism about how they've handled this. And there's obviously a tremendous amount of interest here because of the accused. Do you think your police force would have handled this case any differently had it not been five hockey players celebrating a gold medal? You know, again, I can't speak to that, you know, those details that you're asking for. Um, what I can tell you is that we are moving forward as a police service, just like all police services, to try and make sure that we investigate sexual violence better and better each and every day. And I can tell you that our commitment remains strong and will continue every day. We will strive to be better and better, and we should. Hi there, Chief. This question is for you. You have said that the apology was made um, in large part because of the length of time that it took in order for these charges to be laid, but also that the victim was fully cooperative right from the start. So right now, there is certainly an ask for clarity. So why did it take this long? Yeah, again, and I appreciate that question. I, I really do. But I have to tell you, I cannot answer why. Why it took so long will form part of the proceedings. It's completely inappropriate for me to talk about those details at this time. Uh, I wish I could tell you, but it's inappropriate for me to tell you at this time. There will be a time where I'll be able to speak about the matter, but I cannot jeopardize the ongoing case. You've also said that it's important to reestablish connections within the community, to regain trust. To that end, what are you doing? Yeah. I'll answer that question for you. Um, as you know, we are constantly working with our Violence Against Women Advocate Case Review Program. So they come into the police station, they review cases where we don't lay charges. They provide their thoughts and input about our investigations and we listen to them. We also look at what other communities are doing, as I said, and see if we can start some new initiatives in London to improve the service we provide to our community. And we've implemented several projects over the last few years, um, one being the Victim Support Initiative, which is a process we have in place to make sure victims are fully informed about the investigative process at the start of the investigation, and also that they're connected with support right away um, when they want to report to police. Uh, we recently partnered to open the Beacon House Child and Youth Advocacy Centre, um, which supports child victims of sexual assault. And last year, we also launched the Speak Out tool, which is an anonymous reporting application for survivors of sexual violence. So over the last few years, I would say we have taken many steps to improve our response to sexual violence, and we continue to do so. Elaine Shercliffe, Full Press Hockey. Uh, this question is for both of you, whoever can answer it. Um, you just, I heard the list you just laid out, um, but as we all know, this has become a problem within hockey. Have you guys reached out to youth hockey organizations, junior organizations, even at the pro level, to go in and discuss consent um, with them and how all of that would work when it comes to sexual assault? 
Uh, I can answer that question. So during this investigation, of course, we're not um, investigating the culture as a whole. We're investigating what happened in that hotel room. But I will confirm that my team does deliver presentations to the community, and that does include um, hockey teams and affiliated teams. Okay, and then a follow-up. Sure. Um, you had said right now you have charges laid out, but is it possible that as the investigation is going on, there will be more charges laid? Uh, I can't answer that. Like I said, we have laid all the charges that we have reasonable grounds for. Okay, thank you. Uh, hello, Paola Lavigio with the Canadian Press. Um, this is for whoever wants to answer. Um, so was the, I'm hoping for a clarification, was the new evidence that came up after 2022 the deciding factor in laying the charges or was that something that was available with the evidence that was there in 20, uh, 2018? Um, again, I'm sorry, we can't answer any questions about the evidence that we collected and providing any specifics about that, I fear would jeopardize the case. Um, then can you speak to the period of time that was given to the accused to turn themselves in and whether you have any concerns that that might lead to a perception of preferential treatment? Yeah, it's not abnormal for us to arrange a time for people to turn themselves in to the police service. Um, so we had contact with the lawyers representing the players and or the subjects, and we um, set aside a date that would work for both of us to turn themselves in, and that is not an abnormal process. Is the, the two weeks a normal period of time? It's case specific, so I can't say if that's normal or abnormal. Like we, we make arrangements as we can for both sides. Catherine Brulotte de Radio Canada. My question is for before you before you ask. I just want to address two questions that have been asked, and they're, you know, about what we're doing um, and how the police uh, plan to move forward. I, I will I will take this minute to to share with you that. What we're looking at is not, you know, for us, Hockey Canada, this is an investigation where there's a victim of sexual assault. So there's a widespread prevalence of violence towards women worldwide, worldwide. And one contributing factor and one com complex thing that we need to address is us as a society and community because the sexualization of young women and girls in today's society is contributing to the violence against women. And part of it, and I'm not blaming the media, but I do want to highlight that how we portray young women and girls on TV, in music videos, how we write about them, magazine shoots, all that contributes to sexual violence and the normalization of what we're seeing. So I just want to share that with you and I want you to understand that to me this is an investigation that involves a victim. I truly, I'm not a hockey player, I, I don't know nothing about hockey. This is a sexual assault investigation. Thanks, you can continue with your question. 
again, my question is directly related to what you just said. As this press conference shows and my colleagues pointed out, there's a very important, important public interest in this specific sexual assault investigation. But is your service considering or undergoing any other comprehensive reviews of sexual assault investigations that were concluded without any charge in, this, in a similar time frame? Um, I can say, as I previously mentioned, we do have the Violence Against Women Advocate Case Review Committee who comes in to our police station and reviews our um, investigations where charges are not laid. And I would say it's not abnormal for us to reopen a case if someone contacts our police service and shares that they had a negative experience during the reporting process or that there was an issue with the conclusion of the investigation, then absolutely we will take a second look. Can you comment on any specific case that may be under review right now? No, I can't. Thank you. Chief Trung, uh, Craig Needles with Blackburn Media. You, you mentioned just now uh, things in the media contributing to uh, problems with the way women and girls are perceived and the way sexual violence is perceived. Wouldn't it be fair to say that taking nearly six years to lay a sexual assault charge in a high-profile case would also contribute to sexual violence against women? Yeah, that's a fair question. It's, uh, it's not something as the chief of police that I'm happy about that it took six years. I truly am not happy about this whatsoever. I don't think any of our uh, members are happy about this. And that is why I apologized to the victim and to her family. But I can assure you, I am confident, confident that this will not happen again. And uh, a follow-up for either you or uh, Detective Sergeant Dan. According to EM's statement of claim, there were eight players in the hotel room that night. Uh, and I know that you've been asked this question, but I haven't heard it ruled out at all. Could there be more charges here? Is that not happening, or is that still a possibility? Again, I will just say we've laid out the charges that we have reasonable grounds for at this time. So you can't say that there will or will not be any charges? You can't say I'm not going to comment on that. Thank you. Hi, Heather Wright, CTV News. Um, I just wanted to ask a question about the party to the offense charge. Some of lawyers that we've spoken to say that that might indicate that there were two occurrences that night. Um, is that the case or does this second charge relate to what happened in that room when all of the accused were present? Um, this investigation involves one incident and one victim. Okay, and further, um, you mentioned the five accused were released with undertakings. Can you speak to what any of those undertakings might be? I can't provide any specifics. Um, undertakings are used when we feel confident that the conditions we can place on the accused will protect the victim and the witnesses in this matter. So you won't give any of those conditions? No. Dale Crothers from the London Free Press. My question is for Detective Sergeant Dan. Uh, you mentioned the Victim Advocate Case Review Committee. Um, did they review the case after the initial investigation? No, they did not. And is there a reason why? Uh, I believe the chief is going to follow up with that conversation. I know that is a question that people have if the case review committee is going to have access to the 2018 investigation. Unfortunately, now that that investigation is before the courts, they are unable to look at it, but I believe the option is going to be available to them when the case concludes in court. But, but sorry, Sandasha, for the original investigation, though, did they look at that after it was closed without charges? No, they did not. Okay, thank you.
This question is for the Chief um, Omar Sachinina from CTV. Chief, I've heard you underscore several t times during this news conference that you don't want to compromise the court case. You've directly apologized to the, the victim and the victim's family. But in a more general sense, given how much attention there is on this case, the question has been asked and it will be asked continually in a general sense. Can you tell us today who bears the responsibility for that delay? Listen, that's great. That's a great question, and it's a question that everybody wants to know. And right now, I cannot answer that question. It will truly compromise the curtain process. And like I said, there's a time and there's a place. I am a chief that holds accountability and transparency as one of the most important values that I have. That time is not right now. I cannot share details of what you want answered right now. You've talked about wanting to move forward. Part of moving forward includes a certain amount of self-reflection. And I'm wondering, as the leader of your police service, what do you wish? What do you wish your police service could have done differently in this case? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be um, you know, I can't speak about the past, but I, what I can speak about is the future. And what I can tell you is that I'm very confident in Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan and our membership, truly confident. I'm also very optimistic about working closer with the community, working with our partners, and training is a big piece of it making sure our officers have the training, have the current training, and we really integrate working with our community. So there's nothing you could have done differently? I can't answer those questions about the 2018 initial investigation. We have time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have time for two more questions, okay. so uh, I'll go over here next. Yeah, thank you very much. Ian Mendes with The Athletic, and I, I assume maybe this is the question, uh, question for the Chief. I know you can't answer a lot of questions specifically, but maybe even broadly speaking, could you give us some context? How often or how normal is it for a case to be, I guess, essentially closed and then reopened? You know, from a general perspective, if you're talking about criminal offenses, it's not uncommon for investigations to be closed pending further information or evidence that arises. That's not uncommon. And my other question would be, in, uh, in December of 2017, the London Police Department said that they would adopt uh, the Philadelphia model moving forward to handling uh, sexual assault cases. I'm just wondering if you can confirm that the Philadelphia model was used at any point during, during this investigation. So the Philadelphia model relates to the Violence Against Women Advocate Case Review Program. So yes, we did implement that. But as previously asked, the Case Review Committee did not review this case in 2019. Thank you. Okay, and Just our last question over here. Uh, my question's for Detective Sergeant Dan. Beatrice Faisman, CP24. You said you took over in, in July 2022. That's still a year and a half ago, Detective Sergeant. What took so long? Why did it take a year and a half to bring forward these charges? Again, we can't provide specific details about what happened over the last year and a half or so because that forms the evidence of the case. Chief, my next question is for you. 
the uh, initial investigators that were part of this investigative team, are they still on this case? And if not, what, what, where are they assigned in what capacity? Well, I can tell you they're not part of this investigative team as we speak. Chief, take more questions, please. There's a lot Again? more questions that need answers. Okay. We'll take three more questions. Uh, for the Josh Clipper of the Canadian Press, for the detective sergeant, uh, did police identify and interview the, the Uber driver who drove the alleged victim home the night of June 18th, 19th, 2020, 2018? Again, that is part of the evidence of the case, and I cannot comment on that. And with, with two other investigations, with Hockey Canada and the NHL, what were the challenges, were there challenges with so many investigations happening at, at, at the same time? Yes, I would say that did add complexity to the case, but I'm not going to go into further detail about it. Uh, Detective, I wondered if you could explain, you said that in 2019 that this case was not reviewed by the independent committee. Why wasn't it reviewed at that time? Uh, I can't provide an answer to that at this time. I wasn't in the chair I'm in um, back then, so I can't provide an answer. I wouldn't want to answer and give you inaccurate information. And, and the second question I had, I'm going to replace because I, I just got a direct message from a woman who's watching this who says that she came to London Police years ago with a complaint about sexual assault and her complaint was found unfounded. In a situation like that, can someone come back and re-report? I wouldn't call it a re-report, but as I said, if someone brings forward a concern about how their investigation was handled, they can either contact us or they can contact the Violence Against Women case review program as well. There's many members that are in um, our community partners that they could reach out to okay, thanks. and ask that the committee review it. Hi, Emilie Goujon-Pelletier, Le Droit. Uh, my question is also about uh, the committee, the Violence Against Women uh, Advocate Case Review Committee. Um, I understand that you can't comment as to why it wasn't submitted to this committee after the first investigation closed, but do you intend to look into why? Because I'm hearing that it's the it's LPS that's supposed to make that decision to give every single case that hasn't had a charge. Yeah, that can that conversation I think will occur with the committee. And as I said, that we can't present the case to them at this time. Thank you. So the last three that are behind the microphones will take all of your questions. I'm just going to move over to this side first. Thank you. Uh, John Warrell with the Associated Press. This is for chief, uh, the chief. Um, what is your level of concern? Because you know, you, we know you can't speak to what happened in the 2018 investigation. But what, have your, what is your level of concern that the, what happened with the 2018 investigation will come up, uh, come up in trial and perhaps further reflect poorly on the police service from that time? Well, I can answer that. I'm not concerned. Okay. As the investigation unfolds or the prosecution unfolds, um, these details that you're asking will come out. And uh, as they come out, as the chief of this police service, I hold myself to account of anything that comes out of our investigations. So we have a responsibility to the community. We have a responsibility to victims. And um, that, in that includes 
positive actions, negative actions, we hold ourselves to full account. Thank you. Hi, Calvi Leon with the Toronto Star. Uh, we, so we know that Hockey Canada settled a lawsuit um, just a few years ago, uh, and that led to public outrage. Did you find that in your investigation you were learning new things in 2022 because Hockey Canada was more forthright? Again, I can't answer that question because the case is before the courts. Just a follow-up. Um, did you work with, with Hockey Canada or with NHL in their own investigations, or did you learn anything from those that may have factored in in your investigation? I know everybody wants answers, but again, I cannot answer those questions. Okay, and our final question today. Costa Drosos, XFM News. Sergeant Dan, you mentioned that the LPS was in contact with the accused players' lawyers. Have you also been in contact with the NHL? And if so, what is the consensus at this point? I have not spoken to anyone from the NHL over the last several months. Interfere with the original investigation? The question period is now complete. We would like to thank everybody for coming out today. This concludes our press conference. Thank you. Okay, um, that is the London Police Services press conference uh, involving the alleged sexual assault uh, of a victim who has been uh, referred to as the victim by uh, LPS, London Police Services, uh, in court filings, uh, goes by the initials EM. Uh, this dates back to 2018 and the alleged sexual assault involving five members of the World Junior Hockey team from 2018 in a London hotel room. Now, uh, this was the first time that London Police Services has commented publicly, and we heard from a couple of people, Chief Tai Truong uh, and also Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan of the London Police Services Sexual Assault and Child Abuse Unit. And I understand, I'm the same way, uh, that there's a lot of frustration that they were unable to answer a lot of questions. We understand this case is, of course, before the courts, uh, and there was you know, a, a lot of frustration there. Also a lot of frustration as articulated by the reporters who were in attendance and even by the chief himself uh, going as so far as to apologize to the victim uh, and her family uh, for how long this took, most notably six years. M make no mistake about it, this was the London Police Services under fire. This was the London Police Service. Services um, under attack for, amongst other things, how long this took um, and the nature of which, how they got there. And perhaps one of the most interesting points um, that the chief was able to share in a field of denials and cannot comment was that the investigators on the original case um, are no longer part uh, of this case as well. The, um, the sergeant also, or sorry, the chief really did go out of his way and Detective Dan did as well to point out that this is not two cases. Although, although it may seem like it is two cases, this is only one case, even though the original investigation was shut down after 2019 and not picked up again until 2020. There were a lot of questions, and rightfully so, about why this took so long, what became part of evidence. Uh, that were things that the, uh, the sergeant and the chief could not comment on. Um, in, an interesting, um, in an interesting moment, uh, Chief Truong mentioned that how we portray young women and girls uh, contributes to sexual 
violence. Um, and both the chief and the detective mentioned that there was one incident and one victim here. Uh, we were standing by for Paul Grant, who's covering this story uh, for Sportsnet. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Again, this is a case that is before the courts and the information that LPS, London Police Services, was able to share was pretty scarce. I think a lot of it probably centered around not wanting to compromise uh, the case, and that led to certainly a lot of frustrations and even more questioning. Uh, as you heard, a number of different times reporters had to ask for the question period to remain open. So not a lot was shared by way of detail about this case. Um, I'm sure that details will start to, to come out perhaps when uh, this case uh, is next before the courts on April the 30th. Uh, as I mentioned off the top of uh, today's broadcast, the court proceedings have been adjourned in this case uh, until April the 30th. Um, and lawyers uh, today, this morning, are representing their clients by way of video conference. None of the players themselves were present. Uh, no charges were read in court and no pleas were entered either. Um, on this, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk to Paul Grant of Sportsnet uh, to see what his takeaways from this press conference was. Again, this very much was the London Police Services under fire for how they handled this case, why it took so long. Uh, I think there were some very pointed and interesting and rightfully uh, asked questions about the Violence Against Women Case Review Committee and why they didn't review this case in the first case, in the first place. No answer was provided for that. We're going to step away briefly. Uh, we'll come back and speak with Paul Grant, who's covering for Sportsnet. So you're listening along the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet 360. More in moments. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, welcome back to the program. We are waiting for uh, television to join us. At Sportsnet. In the meantime, what you just heard and saw... Uh, London Police Chief Ty Truong and Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan commenting on uh, the 2018 alleged sexual assaults uh, of a victim at a hotel in London, the first time we've heard from the LPS. Paul Grant is covering the story for us for Sportsnet. He joins me now. Paul, um, a couple of different takeaways for yours truly. Uh, one, this very much was, you know, the, the London police very much under fire for their handling of this case. Um, you know, the, uh, the police chief, you know, went out of his way to, uh, to apologize to the victim and her families. Uh, very little by way of information uh, was shared. I understand that we all do that this is before the courts. But what were some of your main takeaways from this one, Paul? Yeah, my main takeaway from the press conference was the apology. Uh, chief Strong uh, apologizing to the victim that it had taken so long to get to this point. I think that that's a reasonable thing to say. I think that that was something that uh, a lot of people were expecting. I think a lot of people who have been following the story have been looking for something like that. And uh, the apology was the big thing for me. Uh, I think the other thing that stood out to me was the fact that they're considering this still one investigation. So in other words, the 2018 investigation, uh, even though it was closed, 
is con- being considered uh, one investigation. So whether that uh, whether that means that they're starting from scratch with the investigation that they are using now for the charges, or they're uh, incorporating that original investigation, seems to be up to an interpretation right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of people wonder about the same thing as well, Paul. That, uh, and you're right, um, This uh, the, the chief kept saying this is one investigation, not two, even though the first one uh, went from 218 to 219 and then wasn't picked up again until uh, 2022. And I, I think one of, the, uh, one of the areas where this gets really murky and a little bit confusing as well, as much as there was a lot of talk about Violence Against Women Case Review Committee, you know, one of the questions at the end was, you know, after that initial investigation, again, how the chief says it's one, not two different investigations here, you know, did the case review committee review this case? And the answer from uh, Sergeant Dan was no. Um, I still think we have a lot of questions coming out of this one. I understand a lot of the information, again, as we point out, is before the courts. But, you know, what are you most left wanting um, after hearing both the chief and the sergeant detective talk today? Well, it's funny. We talk about these a lot before they happen. Um, And we've been talking about this story for a long time. And I think the main thing about this particular story is what happened after the conclusion of the 2018 investigation that prompted the opening of the reopening of the investigation and then charges being laid. So something significant happened. Now, was that a significant event? Was that uh, the fact that the LPS was taking a lot of heat for not having charged anybody after that first investigation, uh, despite what it seems like was evidence that uh, EM, the survivor in the, in the alleged incident, uh, uh, participated and cooperated in the investigation uh, very readily, as a matter of fact, from what we hear. Um, so I think that, to me, is still the biggest question, is like what happened and what evidence was turned up. There it was very uh, few uh, answers on that in this press, press conference today. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, uh, as you mentioned, um, EM here, who as as how she has been referred to, um, the chief went out of his way to mention that you know we're going to refer to her as the victim, and there was uh, a lot of talk about trauma informed, victim centered approaches to to all of this. And and as you mentioned, something significant must have happened. Someone came forward uh, and investigated the, the investigative process, uh, uncovered something that the 2018-2019 investigation or that part of this, again, singular singular investigation, as the chief says it, something new arrived um, that took this, um, that, that took this to, uh, to, to another step here. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things that, because there's, listen, Paul, as you know, there have been, there's been so much whispers and, and people wondering about this. I, I, I wonder how much people were maybe not surprised, but, you know, how how interested people were to find out that the victim in this case has cooperated from day one. One of the things that we had wondered about was how much she was willing to to come forward to help the investigation. Did anything else surprise you? I know that the information was very minimal that the chief and the detective mm-hmm. sergeant could provide, but you know there was that small detail. Was there anything else that raised your eyebrow here? I think that that's it, Jeff. I mean, the the fact that uh, we've hear, we hear a lot of things in the hockey circles in terms of what this woman was doing and, and what, uh, you know, her level of culpability and everything like that. And it's all conjecture. It's all rumor. And it's not really to be regarded very highly. 
so I think we were looking for a lot of clarity on that. I think we got clarity on that, uh, official clarity on that, that she's been cooperating since yeah. uh, more or less the beginning of this uh, alleged incident. And that's something that we had heard uh, over the time from her uh, civil lawyer as well. So it reinforces the fact that, you know, this, this kind of thing is, is so unusual uh, so unprecedented. We don't really know a lot of the facts out there, but we're getting a lot more clarity on some of the more important points. What did you make of the chief and the sergeant detective in this one? Again, they were, you know, very much, you know, being being peppered and, and being hammered by reporters. How do you I mean? How do you think they came off? Hey, that, that's a really good question. I think that uh, it's tough in this situation to come off anything other than defensive. Um, but in this circumstances, I think there's a little bit of legitimacy to that because LPS in the early beginnings of this investigation uh, seems to have dropped the ball, seems to have uh, let some things slide. Uh, I know Chief Chuang, uh, he made a special point of interrupting a question at one point uh, saying that he wanted to say that, you know, the folks in the media should also bear some responsibility for the way that this woman or the way that women are treated in general around sexual assault, et cetera, uh, for magazine shoots and for the way that uh, women are yeah. portrayed in music videos and things like that. And I think that was kind of, whereas it, it, there might be some legitimacy to that, I think it might have been a little bit out of place during this conversation that we're having. I think it's more about the culture. I think it's more about uh, other factors as well. To be honest with you, Paul, I found that really tasteless. I found that really tasteless that in front of a, uh, a, a assembled media, the the chief took a took a shot at media and somehow made media culpable, uh, even in a in a, even in a vague passing form uh, in this case. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, Paul, I found yeah. that I found that a really tasteless thing. Like I understand that the chief was in a very very difficult position. I know that he's fielding a lot of uncomfortable questions. I understand that the detective sergeant is doing the exact same thing. But I found it really tasteless. Perhaps maybe if you want to mention that at a different point. But at this point where reporters are trying to gather information as much as they can in a very serious case, one that has wide-ranging implications and is very high profile, that to your point, he interrupted to make a point about how the media is culpable. Uh, I got the how we portray women and girls contributes to sexual violence. And this was sort of under the umbrella of commenting on media. I understand that he was under attack. I can't help but feeling that at that point, again, this is just me and, and how I felt about that answer, that he was taking an attempt, that he was taking an opportunity, as unfounded as it may be, or maybe not, I don't know, um, to lash out at media and sort of draw them in as if to say media is, is, is part of the problem here. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Jeff. And I think one of the things that uh, I noticed throughout this, it was very highly scripted. Uh, there was a lot of statements being read. There were messages that were being stuck to, et cetera. And I think at that point, he went off the script. It just seemed to me that just the way he, uh, judging by his body language and the way he approached the podium and, and uh, interrupted the question that was being answered or asked, I should say, um, it just felt like he went off script and he, and he, I think that he got a little hot. <laughs> I think he was a little upset with the way yeah. that he was being held to account for some of these things. Now, in fairness to him, he was not the police chief during the initial stage of this investigation in 2018. However, he is the police chief now. So there is a little bit of uh, defensiveness that comes to it. And plus, the, you know, the, the, the uh, police forces in general uh, are not all that unlike a hockey team. Uh, you know, you, you protect your own. 
And I think we're finding that a little bit of a case right now with LPS. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I found um, interesting, and it probably leads to a whole different field of questioning and perhaps investigation on its own, as much as the chief wanted to make sure that he kept pointing out that this is one investigation, not two, one investigation, not two, you know, to your previous question, which I think is a very legitimate one and, and, and bears some, some answering as well. You know, when both the chief and the detective sergeant were asked if the investigators from the beginning of the case, or as some may say, the first case before it shut down in 2019, are still part of this case, the answer was no. Like, it very much does look and feel like these are two separate cases, yet the chief went out of his way to say, this is one case, this isn't two cases, even though the initial case, as we all know, and they said this afternoon, was closed. Yeah, and, and from my completely amateur perspective on this, uh, you've got to think that the the results of the first investigation have to be uh, accounted for in some way, shape, or form. Um, I understand maybe that maybe there's a liability issue here that we're not uh, privy to in terms of maybe somebody mm-hmm. will be sued in, in connection with that first, uh, you know, so-called first investigation. But as of now, I mean, why would you not? Because you're so far behind, why would you not tap into some of that? Uh, former investigative power and and look at the experience, et cetera. It feels kind of like when those, you know, in the in the TV shows where the 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 grizzled veteran is is has the case taken away from him by a a young upstart. It's like why wouldn't you rely on a little bit of that experience? So why wouldn't you rely on something that's already been done? Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of questions raised here at this press conference, and, and more questions raised really I think than have been answered. You know, Sergeant Dan was uh, was asked about um, more charges. Uh, this is my, my last one for you here, Paul, and I have a very, very busy afternoon. Um, should we expect more charges? Uh, did other players cooperate? Uh, there were, you know, uh, the, the initial report was eight players, and here we are, here we are with five. Um, should we read anything into that about expecting more charges uh, in this one? And listen, they were giving, like Sergeant uh, Dan was giving no specifics about who cooperated here, and again, went out of her way to say we have our charges based on the reasonable grounds for these five accused yeah i have a feeling that we are done with charges i think that she was legitimately talking about what you're going to see for charges having talked to somebody uh who has a little bit of knowledge of this case um over the last couple of days uh, i was wondering if there's going to be another wave of charges like uh, there uh were several people apparently involved in this uh in this alleged incident and wondering if maybe there are more charges going to be laid. And that person said, no, they've got their best shot right here. These are the five uh, charges that they feel the most right. confident in pushing all the way through the system. And it, that's the, that's the way we've got to go because you're looking at something that dates back to 2018. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be really solid when you're bringing it yeah. to court. Excellent work, Paul. Thanks. Uh, I know it's very busy. Thanks for parking a lot of time here with me today uh, as our ongoing coverage continues. Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Paul Grant's uh, covering the story for Sportsnet. Again, the uh, court proceedings have been adjourned uh, until April the 30th. Also, um, the London police referring to the victim as the victim, not the complainant or anything like that. Um, the judge this morning ordering a publication ban on this case, uh, which um, prohibits information which could lead to identifying either the alleged victim or two of the witnesses in the case from becoming public. As we've said before, 
this is the very beginning of a very, very dark story. And again, if it is uh, troubling for you, if it is distressing, please um, take care of yourself before immersing yourself in this story. This is a very dark news cycle we're going through.